The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Michael Dow, and I'm talking tonight with uh, Sue Timberlake. Hey there. Who's a bit chagrined right there. Ha ha. <laughs> Caught you off guard. Oh, the mics were hot. Yeah. And <laughs> Hopefully our, we were not going out live. <laughs> uh, we are now. <laughs> and our uh, esteemed producer, uh, uh, John Rodamas. Uh, the mics weren't hot until I pointed at you, as per usual, <laughs> Madam Timberlake. I know, but when I'm talking and mics on the air and my mics off, you can still hear it in the background sometimes. Well, not if I'm talking, because usually, <laughs> like, I just drown everything out. You know, he makes a good point. A good you, point. him, common sense, whatever it is, I talk over it. <laughs> he makes a good no lies detected here <laughs> hey. i've done the research yes i know you have so uh if you've done the research and you would like to uh opine about you know the nonsense that comes out of my mouth or the nonsense that comes out of <laughs> sue's mouth or genres or even the occasional good things we have to say i mean nonsense push now <laughs> i i mean i'll i'll sue yeah sure but me <laughs> nonsense Everything I see is correct. Every, all the Republicans at home, I know I'm the only one that speaks truth. So, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently you man up really well. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> no, let's not yeah. do that. <laughs> yep, yep. But if you'd like to man up, woman up, uh, or pick some other gender and they up. do it up uh, or down, do down is good too. Uh, <laughs> um. You can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Email is uh, Valley, uh, sorry, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And also our own special website is civilpoliticsradio.com. And that has not only previous episodes of the show, but supplemental episodes and other good stuff too. So you should absolutely check that out. Um, before we get into talking about the important stuff i'm just reminded like the like the onion i think had the best little thing about partisan silliness where they had like um the two parties in congress for this one or they, they were basically uh like congress was was having passing a contentious bill recognizing the accomplishments of uh you know the great musician james brown and uh the uh the the downocrats were saying no no james brown was the best at getting down whereas the get uplicans were saying he was the best at getting up <laughs> get up get down <laughs> hey it was fun it yeah. was a lot more fun than what's going on right now <laughs> it was 23 years ago Little did they know how bad it could get. Different, different world. Yeah. I certainly didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, it was pre-9-11. I was still working for the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Jeez. Anyway, uh, so here and now, though, unfortunately, we are not only post-9-11, we are finally be approaching the point where we would be post-U.S. presence in Afghanistan. Uh, 
uh, I was sick last week, so we wound up not doing the show. But uh, a week before that, you and I sort of talked a bit about Afghanistan. and we're... Man up. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think there's plenty to be said about uh, Afghanistan. But I, I, am I correct in understanding that you and I broadly agree that, like, in the end, the U.S. doesn't have any – there's no place for us there? Like, it's, it's – we shouldn't be there, you know. Unless there's something we can take, like lithium, you know. Oh, there's a lot of lithium <laughs> there we could take. I mean, you know. Be involved with – We'd, yeah. we'd, we'd have to private partnership. Blah, we'd have blah, to blah. spend a crap load of money and uh, risk a lot of American lives, and uh, not least importantly, murder a crap load of Afghans and other people in order to make it work. Well, but I, you know, I mean, if that's really important to you, yeah, we could do it. Well, and while we were there, I think China was sort of oogling it, and oh, yeah, uh, I don't there. think they're oogling it anymore because <laughs> you know, between ISIS and the Taliban, I don't think it's going to be very safe. Hard to say um, uh, whether or not the Taliban is going to be able to uh, really impose a stable order. Um, I mean, they're uh, an oppressive, murderous dictatorship, or at least they were last time they were in charge. I doubt they've changed much, but... I'd love to be surprised. Might be a new generation. It's possible. I, you know, or maybe maybe they'll just be persuaded by the world paying attention in a way that they weren't in the 90s. I don't know. But uh, I do know that China is probably trying to cozy up to the Taliban quietly anyways and may do, soon do so openly because, let's face it, China doesn't really care that much about— Human uh, rights. Yeah. I mean, certainly not the way we understand Lithium, them. yes. And rare earth metals and blah, blah, blah. I mean, blah, but... it was a really good song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Classic. Classic Ah, song. by Nirvana. Yes. <laughs> but never mind. So, um, uh, I, I, actually, I mean, before I start trashing too much on China, I just want to mention something I heard Jimmy Carter observe years ago, which I thought was a salient point. So he said, like, you know, I he remembered taking uh, a Chinese diplomat to task because China, you know, didn't respect freedom of the press and freedom of assembly. And China's like, yeah, on the other hand, people here have a right to a home. So how's that going in the US? And Carter was like, okay, you got us there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm sort of telescoping the thing. Yeah. But he said, you know, like, it was an interesting thing to think about, like, what, what are the rights that we consider essential rights? And, and yet China doesn't really do that. Who's that? Certainly not anymore. Well, and who's, who's the oppressed minority up in the, the Uyghurs? The, yeah. Well, the Uyghurs are the ones that immediately leap to mind. Yeah, but, you know, and I don't think there they are have others. Homes. The Tibetans. Fact, I think they burn their homes. The Tibetans, the Christians, the uh, Uyghurs, the anybody not like people that aren't communists, um, people they don't like. I mean, the the, uh, the <laughs> communists, like the CCP, aren't really, or the CPC, I think they prefer to be called, but uh, they aren't, you know, communist really in any oh, I know. sense anymore. I know. It's not like they're like sometimes they just don't like a person. They just like, oh, you don't follow the party. You're not so. part of the party. Yeah. yeah. You're not um, following party. Well, they also really don't like it when you compare the the president, President G to Winnie the Pooh for it's some reason. True, even though he looks a lot like him. I mean, I guess. I am officially comparing them. Depends on how the uh <laughs> depends on how the animator draws the character. True, true. Um He looks like but, Winnie the Pooh, but not Christopher Robin. No, it, it's apparently a thing where uh, it's people would put up drawings of Winnie the Pooh to sort of yeah. subtly criticize President oh, Xi. Oh, and, and he's, so he's on to it now. He's, he's on to it, and apparently he doesn't like it. He so. doesn't really like it, and he doesn't like 
that he has to Criticism. get up. He has to get going. Yeah. He does not want to f- meet a friend of mine. Ah, yes. Quite. He is not round and chubby, but I love him because he's Pooh Bear. Yeah. Winnie the uh, Pooh Bear. Yeah. I mean, I can just go through the whole theme song. <laughs> Tubby little cubby little bear. No, the the one from the from, from Saturday morning. Oh. <laughs> oh, that one I don't know. I was wondering uh, why I didn't recognize that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's it was one of my favorite shows. Anyway, kids uh, these days. Anyway, we, we we sort of strayed a bit, but in a in a the, the nutshell point I was trying to make is from what I've read. Winnie the Pooh in Latin. Winnie Ile Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> we had to read it in Latin class, but I could only remember the title. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's so bad. What I was gonna say, Winnie Weedy Weeky, right? <laughs> what I was, was so, going to say is, China and the U.S. arguing about human rights is like two people in a in a big pile of poop, just throwing it at each other and rolling around. It's it. You, neither of us have like the moral authority to say anything about human rights. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I mean, really, even if there are particular ways in which the U.S. does have a better track record, it's like, yeah, this is something I remember back from the Cold War. We have a blind spot. Well, if you remember, Sue, like one of the things the Soviet Union would say with total accuracy is like, oh, the Americans claim their land of freedom and opportunity unless you're black, you know, or, you know, some other non-white minority, in which case, you know, look at the black people being forced to live in ghettos and the police are, you know, heedlessly violent towards them. And you, you know, know what? I will th- I know. will amend my statement. Yeah. I will say that it's like two people in a big pile of poop, but the the Americans are just are, are like they just sat in it. They're not rolling around in it. They just sure. sat in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, they're they're still there. Yeah, they're still in the they're same still pool pile. There, but they have a clean shirt for now. That's yeah, pretty yeah, much like yeah. they're a li- we do a little better. There's a, there's there, there, we we have like a small box of wet wipes. Is what yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. We're like, oh hey, th- th- yeah. you guys got to clean up. Nothing yeah, because we uh, because we put here. band-aids on everything. Right, exactly. exactly. So just like a little wipe, <laughs> you know. So getting us away from the, the, the silliness of human rights, I think in a nutshell, well, China's, con- well, yeah, China's concern certainly about wealth and industry and investing in minerals from Afghanistan, but and also Africa and everywhere else in the world where sure. they're getting scarce. But where is China, you know, China's probably one of their biggest foreign policy concerns is India because it's a huge nation that shares a border. And it's de- democratic. I mean, it's at least... I mean, you know, they still have elections. Yeah, they still have elections. <laughs> you know, Narendra Modi is, um, you know, uh, certainly I think wouldn't be upset if he became world's a largest democracy. I think they have the title. I, I mean, for some values of democracy, anyways. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, you know, again, the U.S. is a democracy for some values of democracy too. So, but um, India and China are geopolitical rivals. They both have huge populations. They have developing economies and cultural influence and so on and so forth. And they fight over power and influence in territory. And uh, China has long been an ally with Pakistan because it's a great way to sort of stick it to India. So what's going to happen with uh, India is a good question. Sorry, with Afghanistan, because for a long time, India has been trying to prop up the Afghan government because it's a way to sort of stick it to the Pakistanis and the Chinese. So now who knows? 
So, hey, you know, like we could care about how people are living and dying and, you know, whether or not people are living meaningful lives, or we can just care about like, you know, saber rattling between nation states and, you know, big piles of money and who gets to roll around in them. Well, I care about all those issues very much. But one thing I care a lot about, which was very good news, and I got an email last night or the night before that the girls, um, the women's um, national soccer team had escaped yep. and has been taken to a safe country. And actually I heard about one of the basketball teams too, but those soccer team. So, but I don't think everybody's going to get out. I don't either. And I think there's a, I think their list that the U S gave the Taliban for who they wanted to come through is now a list of who they might go after. And that's really sad if that happens. I, I agree. Um, I mean, like on some level, like I would never be part of the Taliban, so it's hard for me to say this. But, you know, I'm like, you know, on some level, it's like, look, these people all want to leave, you know? Let them leave. They're, they're people who don't want to be part of your country. And, you know, the more of them are around, the harder it's going to be for you to exert control because you'll have people who are, you know, resisting in various ways. Yeah, so, so let everybody leave. Except for in a lot of cases, there are people that we train to use all the equipment or we train to do this. Or we So they have, you know, they have, if it's their elite who are leaving, and I don't mean elite in like the way we use it. I mean, the folks that, that um, can run the machines and run the water stations and all that. I understand why they're worried about it and trying honestly, to stop I, it. Honestly, I have no idea what kind of personnel the Taliban have to handle infrastructure and civic government. I think and things a like fair that. number of them are illiterate. Uh, sure. At least according to, you know, the newscast, which we only know, I know what I see on TV, right? So. Right. And I, 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 let, let's, let's pause, pause it for a moment that that's absolutely true. Right. And that a lot you of just them stipulate, are, okay, let's assuming that is true then. <laughs> then if I'm running the Taliban and I want to keep the nation state going, I might well be very interested in making a deal with, I don't know, some other country that would be able to help. You know who? Uh, China. China or, <laughs> or Russia. Yeah. You know, because they would both love to make the U.S. look bad. And things started to hum, that would look pretty bad. Right. So, you know, it's, I got to say, one of the things I didn't miss about the Cold War era was sort of the the uh, you know the chess pounding the the displays of who's better that was going on between but didn't the you don't you miss there. spy versus spy from mad magazine yeah but they can still <laughs> do that you know <laughs> there's nothing stopping them from doing spy versus as far spy. as i can tell the literacy rate in afghanistan for people over the age of 15 is about 40 percent right uh I, I can't find anything about the taliban specifically se, yeah. uh that's not surprising because I'm sure they don't, you know, take polls on that sort of thing. Uh, well, also forty percent, so that's pretty low. Forty percent in also, Af if in Afghanistan as also, a whole. Um, yeah. Literacy is a is a nice sort of shorthand that we use here in the U.S. because you know if you're literate, it means you've probably been to public school and been educated in a public right. school system. Probably you know? can read, but not. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like yeah. you know, yeah. it, like if you if one has been to a Taliban-funded madrasa and been trained up in their Islamic theology and taught to read Arabic so you can read the Quran, well, you're literate. Yep. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you are a well-educated, erudite thinker. 
you know, no disrespect to people who think the Quran is I mean, important. The, the other know, is the other fine, thing but I mean, yeah, there's a lot more. I was thinking more basic than understanding skills, any religious text, like, yeah. like how to fix a, a piece of pipe. Well, I don't know if, like, again, I think it's. I don't. I don't want to. That doesn't take of, literacy. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That that I, I was thinking more skills as a literacy, and, but and you're I speaking reading. And since I, there's so much I don't know about Afghanistan and the people there, I really want to sort of make too many Be generalizations. Careful. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, I don't want to sort of veer too much into unconscious racism i'd rather keep my stupid ideas you know out there in public where everybody can see them you know what that's nice thank you yeah <laughs> I, I, was, I, I do want to say because I, I just don't know when we're talking about um keeping just in general if i was running a, a country and i was like an oppressive ruler um not far off but uh <laughs> um when if i was doing that then i would want to keep people from leaving all hail genre yeah, yeah. exactly um yeah because you I want wanna, them to keep the banks open and the well no just just i need people to oppress like that's <laughs> i suppose that's true if you have you like need a, to force people to work you need to for you need to well and if you have like a uh, an oppressive force of of thugs say Let's take it away from the Taliban for a moment. Yeah. Say you're, I don't know, Joseph Stalin, and you have like a loyal cadre of people like Lavrenti Beria and the NKVD who are happy to, you know, do go out. Whatever you ask. Right. And roust people in the middle of the night and, and enjoy murder them and do all kinds of horrible, like serious gut wrenching atrocities. Uh, part of those people are how you keep, keep the mass of the people in line. But the, you know, getting to have fun oppressing the mass of the people and committing atrocities is kind of how you keep, uh, you know, the leverenti barriers of the world on your side as well. It keeps them busy. Well, you know, and I imagine the Taliban have at least a few people like that. I mean, and, and given you, they're an organization that has been okay with public executions and other stuff like that. Well, and and you don't want all the pilots to escape that are trained up to fly the planes that were left behind. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the planes have been sabotaged. Yeah. yeah, there is a. Assuming I, they still work. Some of them, some of the pilots left with their families. They actually, that's how they got out. They took the plane and their family, and they went oh, to good. to you know they were they were supposed okay. to take the plane out, but they just added a few passengers, and that's how they got out. There is a possibility. Uh, I I don't like not like coming up right now, but there is the possibility of a civil war in Afghanistan, sure. which uh, would not be good. There's a isolated valley in the center of Afghanistan. I forget the name of it, but uh, back when the Taliban last uh, controlled Afghanistan, that was like the foot locus of resistance against them because it's really hard to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit like Switzerland in that it's like, it oh, yes, you have... Well, Colista? Colis? Colista? I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, because they call it ISIS-K because they're from that... No, it's not It's not ISIS. Uh, yeah. Well, it might be. But yeah. it's it's and the K is the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's Colus. I can't think of what it was. No, this is all right. This, this is the valley. It might wind up being that this is the, that these are the same people, and I'm I'm misunderstood. But I believe these are people who used to be essentially they're they're what's left of the uh, old government of Afghanistan that we were propping up. All oh, this it begins time. with H. I think. Yeah, that I know yeah. who you mean. Right. Yep. So they yep. they yep. they fled to this valley because. It's very hard to get into and very easy to defend. It's like going up to the up to the cliffs to get away from the well, Americans. It's, it's like <laughs> holing up in Switzerland, you know. Yeah. It's like you got ten guys with a with with a bunch of rocks and you can uh, you can hold off an army kind of thing. 
So we'll see. ISIS K um, is the uh, group claiming responsibility for the bombing the other day. Yeah, uh, killing thirteen uh, Marines. But it's it's like a group. It's like not Sunni. And a lot of other like, people too. It's yeah. not Sunni. It's um. It, there's another group of uh, Afghani's, and it begins with an H. But they're they've always resisted the Taliban. Yeah. And the, I forget who they are, but they're like arch enemies or. Yeah. Anyway. Well, one of the so there's two at least. Right. So and and again, one of the reasons why Afghanistan, like you know, the government that we've been propping up for twenty odd years has fallen apart is because, you know, they didn't have a broad base of support because you know there isn't like a big sense of like Afghanistan is a one. You know, there isn't like a like a hard sense of a national identity of Afghanistan. You know, the people there don't see themselves first and foremost as, as Afghanis. Do we in America see ourselves first and foremost as Americans anymore? Or do you see yourself yes. as a Massachusettsian? <laughs> no, that's that is the prevalent uh, idea of of people in America. We are American. Yeah. Nobody, uh, the, Still, the sense of. I am a Massachusetts and Massachusetts. <laughs> Just go for Maine maniac. I'm a maniac. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm, I'm from Massachusetts. That is what I care about. I don't Filthy care about downeasters. Like I, I mean, we in New England. Oh no, those are the uh, Portland people. We in New England say we are New Englanders because we're stuffy and <laughs> and mm, up so. our own butts about stuff. <laughs> That's kind of our. Culture, you mean like and mean the poo in Latin kind yeah. of stuffy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. And I mean, like, I, I, I'm, <laughs> we like, poo poo on like a lot of stuff outside of New England, but and and we think of ourselves as American. And ethnically, I'm truly like my 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 heritage, my family going back, are New England Yankees going back centuries. And so, yeah, we both our our ancestors both came over on boats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 one of the many things that were exactly alike about their experience. Exactly. Me yes. too, but I won't tell you which boat. Yeah. Though actually, to be fair, <laughs> I don't uh, think you were a on lot the boat of people that my ancestors were on. I'm a just, lot of people died on all of those. I do voyages, have relatives so. in South Africa, though. Do you? Allegedly, we oh. don't know their names. My yeah, parents yeah. would never tell me. I think they were bad. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when you're part of an oppressive regime, it's hard to be <laughs> truly good. Um, and I include myself in that. Oh, there you go. Um, but regardless, uh, uh, what we're, the, the, the people of Afghanistan, I, I, we, you know, I think one of the reasons why the Taliban took over so quickly is I think people were like, well, wait a minute, what am I fighting for? I think that the and, Taliban and, was going to them and talking to them and saying the Americans are leaving very shortly. Right. Well, sh and what's in it for me, maybe a smarter yeah. strategy is to say, is to roll oh, okay. over and, and. You know, live to fight another day, right? If you even or, want to fight, or even just live, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I, I just, I'm, I was shocked at the speed. I wasn't, honestly. Uh, I really wish that the Obama administration had done this ten years ago, because when Obama took over, he was pulling us out of Iraq, and he's like, maybe there's something to accomplish in Afghanistan, and you know, then they surged, right? And well, then they surged, and. But really, once um, – all right. So I don't know how you guys feel about this, and I'd, I'd, be, I'd be curious to know. So I'd actually shut up and listen if you have a, I want to chime in. But, uh, you know, job one was we went there because 9-11, and we were going to get the SOBs who did that. And eventually, we pretty much did. So – Job so, done. Like, toppled the government and then got the people that did it. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, Bin Laden is dead. So I'm not unhappy about that. And it's still Karzai. Yeah. Well, 
Karzai, I, I don't care about one way or the other, mm. you know, personally. Uh, I don't really know much about him other than the government he was running was a kleptocracy. You know, it had no real legitimacy. It seemed to exist purely to enrich. And the new guy is Karzai, too, the guy that just left. Because Karzai was the original guy, but the the most recent president was Karzai also, right? Uh, I thought it was the same Hamid Karzai, but possibly I'm, yeah. I'm again, my ignorance yeah. may be showing. So um, I'm sure John Mo can look it up during the yeah. break, which is coming up in just a few minutes. But before we go to the break, to me, uh, the question of, you know, nation building. Uh, is is a is a pretty loaded one, uh, you know, and no nation building. Well, I think that nation building is a you know of a sort is a thing that can be done and can be uh, positive in its effects, but the circumstances have to be on you know have to be very particular and and the approach has to. Well, for example. Uh, I think arguably what we did in Japan after World War II could be called nation building. We reformed the country. There was land reform. We broke up, you know, the Zaibatsus, the the big uh, corporate, you know, family wealth conglomerations. We instituted universal suffrage, you know, for men and women. So, you know, we made some major changes to that country and the Japanese people pretty much embraced them. And, uh, not that they necessarily thought, oh, the U.S. is all great and everything's wonderful about the U.S., but they were like, you know, there was buy-in in part from a lot of... I wonder the, why. Well, uh, one thing, if you're a small farmer out in the out in the, the sticks and now you suddenly can pay pennies on the dollar to own the land you've been working as a serf for generations, why would you want to maybe think the U.S. occupation was okay and then maybe it's made some real Well, Thatcher changes. did that in Britain with a lot of the housing for the... Um poor, let them buy it and help them buy it. And they don't feel that way about Thatcher in England. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that's, let's leave, leave Britain <laughs> okay. under Thatcher out of this because that is, you know, that that's internal politics and not yeah. an, an external imposition. And, and so, but broadly speaking, the conservative idea, party, right They they are part. right. So let's focus on <laughs> Afghanistan just for a moment. Okay. And just like, okay, so there's stuff about you, you know, brought up Japan <laughs> as a comparison. Oh, okay. Because you know, did we militarily occupy Britain under Thatcher? <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> the conservatives did, but you know that's <laughs> well, they won actual elections. <laughs> yes, they. It did. was a huge mistake to put Thatcher in power, but nevertheless, the so British did, people did it. To so themselves. did Karzai in in Afghanistan. Uh, well, sure. After we'd blown up a bunch of stuff and, and called the elections, <laughs> yeah. So that's you know, so that's how the comparison to Japan is apt, and there are certainly criticisms that can be leveled about the reconstruction of Japan. Uh, after the war. And we beat them with nuclear bombs, so we beat them in a submission, true enough. Uh, I mean, even without the nukes, I think, you know, the occupation would have gone similarly. But um, regardless, uh, Afghanistan, you know, like, oh, hey, we want to make sure that there is a civil society and that women get votes and education and things like that. You know, there's stuff going on there that was happening under U.S. occupation. Some of it was good, you know. Certainly all stuck. Well, I don't know how much of it is stuck, you know? I mean, now that in the Taliban... Well, in Japan, sure, yeah. yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, like the, 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 the women's soccer team is running. The women's robotics team is run to Canada and stuff like that. And that sucks. Because, yeah. you know, those people are an important part of that society, that culture. And there's so much I don't know. So again, I, I don't want to get and too far And you don't want to let skis. all the women flee. 
Because then you'll be, you know, short on women. Yeah. Well, also, I think the people, I think the people from Afghanistan, probably a lot of them like living in their home and would like to stay there. From what I understand, Afghanistan is a beautiful place with a lot to offer. So, you know, uh, but regardless, uh, what I was sort of wondering about was the whole idea of, of nation building. Was there any way, shape or form? In always which- bad. Always bad. Okay. <laughs> that leaves room for genre's opinion. <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, Hamid Karzai was president from, uh, was elected in 2004 and also re-elected in 2009. But yeah. the current, well, the the current president who, who ran away. Well, I mean, can you blame him? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> they came to him and said, <laughs> no, no. Ashraf Ghani. Afghani, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ash- Ashraf Ghani. Ashraf Ghani, yeah. That's, yeah. that's it. That is the current well the well, former president the former and most now, recent president yeah I, i'm not even going to try this guy's name the, the yeah. guy that's thank you the taliban but. so karzai wasn't twice but it was the same guy yeah, yeah. but he, um karzai was 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 twice but he wasn't the leader like currently he, and i think he's actually still in afghanistan isn't he? he's back they say that he's negotiating something with al-qaeda it's like oh my god <laughs> well al-qaeda and the taliban aren't the same thing no i know but he was the president when we took over that. Yeah. And he has, it turns out he has connections or something. I don't know. Everything's shifting sand over there. Well, we do have to take a short break right now. So we're going to play some PSAs, promos and station IDs, and then we'll be back with more civil politics. Just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from COVID-19. If you recently traveled within the United States or to another country, you may have been exposed to COVID-19. Wear a mask when in public. Maintain social distance, approximately six feet from others. Wash your hands often and watch your health. Visit cdc.gov COVID-19 to learn how to protect yourself and others from COVID-19. You are listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Mayor David Narkowitz, and I support Northampton's community radio station. Forbes Library is Northampton's public library with an amazing circulating collection of over 325,000 items, including bestsellers, recent releases, tons of movies, large print books, ebooks, audiobooks, and an extensive collection for kids and teens featuring board books, picture books, chapter books, and graphic novels. The library even has musical instruments that you can borrow. You can search the library's catalog online at ForbesLibrary.org, and while you're there, you can request a card and place items on hold. The library's website is also a great place to find out about upcoming programs and events which are always free and open to the public. We have story times, book clubs for kids, teens, and adults, poetry discussions, film discussions, author talks, concerts, movies for grown-ups, and so much more. Visit ForbesLibrary.org for more information and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest happenings. It's your library. Make the most of it. 
Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Join me, DJ Vinyl Scratch, on the warm heart of Africa. From Cape Town to the Congo, Marrakesh to Mogadishu, and to the New World and beyond, we explore the best in pop music from Africa and the Afro diaspora all across the globe. Once again, that's 7 to 9 p.m. every Wednesday, only on Valley Free Radio. Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. John Roberts is still pushing the buttons. I'm still trying to, you know, impose my will on everybody. And Sue Timberlake <laughs> is continuing to show me that I'm... Every person for themselves. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's a bunch of stuff we still want to talk about, but you had sort of a... a well, the, is the, is, well, we didn't hear from John or what he thinks of nation building, but I was saying, is there a line between nation influencing and then you start to change out the regime or or push somebody out? And, and I think nation building is always bad, but the question is, what does genre think? About what? Nation building? Nation building is bad. Yeah, I mean, I basically agree, too. Na- I, nation building, in my, in my view, nation building is when a country goes into another country, uh, usually a country with less resources, uh, and basically forces them to comply with with their cult with the new con- with the first country's cu- culture uh, and and govern and system of government. Yeah. In some cases, like in some cases, some of that stuff might be good, like uh, like a putting in water fascist leader that's like just randomly killing people that's you know but the the thing is that that is a really there's a really fine line and i don't like crossing it uh but you were saying uh about influencing well that's just what countries do that's the thing that we do that's everybody does that certainly the u.s track record since world war ii you know in vietnam south america south all over south america uh, and, you know, with invading Afghanistan and Iraq. It's a great example of like, yes, yeah, so we blew everything up and then we took over and we did not improve things. Yeah. You know. Well, people... Even getting rid of the, the jerks who were there, you know, like, I don't think anybody's like, oh, Saddam Hussein was great. It's like, no, he was a horrible murderer. Nobody's really upset that he's dead, but... Uh, he did keep the peace in that area. Well, I mean, he, and we used to pay him. I mean, he didn't because he, he invaded be. Kuwait. That's why we were. But just regardless, it's like you know. But he was on our payroll before that. Yeah, he was. And and what came after, you know, wasn't wasn't better. And yeah, and you mentioned South America. You know, the Somoza regime that the Sandinistas overthrew was horrible, and the Sandinistas weren't exactly great either. But you know, the Somozas were, you know. As as uh, do you help FDR pe- observed, he may be an SOB, but he's our SOB. <laughs> well, and I'm sort of going along that line. And 
do you think that there's a role when people need to do something for themselves in a country and we give them, you know, we give them the lever, <laughs> we give them the, we give them some way to do it. I, I mean, that's, that's, if they're doing it for themselves, I think that will work out better. I, I think that's much more consonant with the uh, values I think of as American values. The idea that like we respect people's liberty and self-determination, you know, like there's no reason why, you know, you and I as Americans should be making decisions for people somewhere else in the world that we don't share a language or a culture with, you know, like, you know, the, the United States is a sovereign political unit. And we're Americans. And we don't so, want any, do, anybody doing that to us, so of course we shouldn't do it to anybody else. Well, right? sure, that too. But also just, you know, even if even if for some reason we thought, oh, but this is a good idea in this particular case, it's like, it's, it's really not. It's a slip brief. Well, I, there's, there's lots of evidence from our recent history of what a stupid idea it is, how, how, how poorly it works, how disastrously wrong it goes. Uh, how bad we are at it, you know, like, I'm like, you know, I don't know to what extent it's, it, it's the history in Iraq and Afghanistan uh, is simply an illustration of the inherent flaws and impossibility of quote unquote nation building as a whole project uh, overall, or how much of it is just an indictment of us being idiots and screwing it up. Thinking that we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the role of government? I mean, that's really sort of, you know, in foreign policy. Well, what do you think it is? What do you think it is pivoting to the other thing we want to talk about tonight with COVID here in this country? Like, you know, so the, the I just heard as I was driving up here on NPR, uh, I didn't realize this, but the the big Sturgis motorcycle rally in Sturgis, South Super Dakota. Super spreader happened again this year yeah. and again people were like yeah you know masks vaccinations all that stuff that's all for sissies, sissies or whatever yeah exactly <laughs> and and you know south dakota which the girly men are gonna you know <laughs> well in june south dakota was down to the point where like they had almost no cases and now their hospitals are overflowing again uh because of sturgis uh, NBC News that I'm going to post South Dakota. The the headline is South Dakota COVID cases quintuple after Sturgis mo motorcycle rally, just like they did last year. Yeah, because everybody uh, came from all over the country. Yeah, and this is actually this reminds me the um of an interesting dichotomy. Uh, we have the Sturgis rally where nobody cared about masks or vaccinations, and we have Lollapalooza in Chicago, uh, that where they were checking uh for vaccinations. Uh, at the gate, they, at the gate, they weren't great at it, but they they were, and people were wearing masks and stuff, and that wasn't a super spreader event. It wasn't. I no. mean, well, I, I mean, I I know. Uh, didn't, Where was uh, it? Didn't like city? a couple of hundred people wind up coming down with COVID afterwards? Uh, yeah, but out of like thousands. What's it? Oh, I see. So by by percentage, it was small. It was like it wasn't like Chicago's. Uh, infection rate like skyrocketed okay i see what you mean. uh it was like people yeah of course people got sick it's a pandemic right. well, it's I, dumb to go there but but still i'm saying like the the when you take precautions and you have an outdoor event i i, I just have trouble 
cognitively sometimes with like, okay, are we talking like a relative percentage or are we talking an absolute number? Because I'm like, hundreds more COVID cases? That sounds bad. Isn't that a super spreader event? But if you're like, nah, we're looking at percentages more. Like, oh, okay. You know, well, I, and if Dakota's tiny and all these hordes descended on this little tiny town. Right. I mean, I, I heard that the Sturges rally at half a million people, which is almost the same as the population of the state, isn't yes. it? Isn't the state yeah. of... Yeah, and it yeah, so it it it's bound to bring a lot of stuff into the state. I mean, how many people money. are in Massachusetts, right? There's eight million of us here in Massachusetts, right? South Dakota counted three thousand eight hundred nineteen new cases in the past two weeks. This is posted on, on August twenty fifth, including seven deaths, up from six hundred forty four cases in the last fourteen Factor days pre- preceding it. Uh, yeah. That makes it. The, that makes it the state with the largest percentage increase. I mean, this is this is population, you know. So, and but I believe I was I was listening to WBUR uh, as I was driving out here today, and I believe they said that there were fourteen hundred cases here in Massachusetts this week. I think. Anyway, uh, Lollapalooza out of nearly four hundred thousand people who attended whoa. the fe- festival, yeah, just. 203 tested positive. Okay, that is a tiny number. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and we're pretty much all vaccinated. Right. Well, in Massachusetts, yeah. you know, if we've got a third of the cases per week as South Dakota and we have 8 million people versus half a million. Half a million. Even if even if there are 800,000 people in South Dakota, I don't remember the population. You know, we're 10 times their their population size and we're a smaller geographic state, so we're much more concentrated and density. Yep. It says a lot about um, the value of vaccination and public health measures, you know. Uh, I just wanted to bring up um, Hollywood again uh, because uh, 88%, as far as they can tell, um, 88% of the the people going, of the 400,000, were vaccinated. Uh, So, and, you know, the unvaccinated people could have brought brought it in. But uh, because it's outdoors, because they were really caring about vaccinations and made sure the bulk of people there were vaccinated, then that really kept the numbers down versus Sturgis where you were like, whatever, you know, and then like a ton of people, like percentage wise, got got it. Uh, And I think this is a really good thing to think about um, when, when we're talking about events, when we're talking about gatherings, when we're talking about uh, anything like that, because, you know, like we can do things like this if we are careful and if we if we care about vaccinations if we make sure that people are vaccinated before going into a crowded outdoor setting make sure is that mandate yeah oh are we transitioning now <laughs> yes yes let okay okay uh-oh all right folks roll up your sleeves yeah We're doing. yeah you know what grinds my gears no i mean the the thing is i'm with, sitting in a pile of poop over here but my shirt is very clean the, so it is the, it's a lovely shirt yeah, and, 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 and like, your mask looks clean too and, so. I'm, out, and I'm outside because i'm fine <laughs> well, because remember folks that listening at home all three of us talking in this room are fully vaccinated. We are, and we wear masks. Uh, we aren't wearing masks now because we're on the radio, and we don't want to sound like this all the time. But actually, I kind of do. Luke, I am your father. See that? <laughs> that that no. kind of works. I apologize, Donna. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> anyway. <sighs> I, anyway. Um. So we. Uh, so I think that 
people people should not be forced to get vaccinated unless they there are certain criteria you work in a school you work you work with the public directly with the public so make teachers you, yes um you work with make you, fire and police yes yeah. of course that's how is that a question? Honestly. Well, also, when there's we a question s- in the news right now. No, that's, that's a dumb question. <laughs> well, How is that a question? Because well, the unions are against it. That's dumb. They're dumb. Right. I agree. And, <laughs> and when we say make, it's like, look, if you want to work as a firefighter or as a police officer or as a teacher, you have to get vaccinated. Yeah, what if, if you're you, a Christian scientist? Uh, then suck you it up. get a desk job. Go away. You don't get to work as... That's religious bigotry. It's not. It is. It's really... It's really... Okay. Can I just yeah. can I just say this? Um, uh, I'm going to cop to a general disdain for people who are guiding their lives by religious principles because I think that's bunkum. But you know, you don't have to agree with me. You can think I'm a stupid infidel. Oh, yeah, I'm the most religious person in this room. You are, and and I, and, and and I'm okay with being wrong about this. Cool. You know, on just because I'm a level. militant agnostic, right? But. Um, the the argument here is ultimately about like, well, you know, yes, your right to religion is very important. My right to not get COVID and die is also important, and I would argue more important. So if you don't have some kind of medical reason— What if you have a medical reason me, you let, won't let, hire me let, either? Let, let me finish. If you don't have some kind of medical reason why you can't get the vaccination, if you don't want it, then tough luck. You know, I'm not hiring you at my restaurant. Uh, and, uh, I wouldn't, you know, and you shouldn't be teaching school kids and you shouldn't be working in a hospital, you know, like get a job where you can live according to your religious principles and not spread COVID. But yeah, you know, somebody who's got like a, like a medical condition that means that they, they have a medical exemption. Absolutely. That's fine. But you let them be in that environment. If they want to work in my restaurant Cancer center. They want to work at the cancer center and they have a medical reason they can't get vaccinated. Well, considering a lot of the patients there are also immunocompromised, which is usually what it comes down to, like, okay, that's fine. You know? I mean, that's a risk they are choosing to take. And no, I'm saying working there. Are you going to let somebody work there who who is. Again, if they have a medical exemption. Because I don't think it's fair to say, I want to take the vaccine, but I can't get it because physically, medically, I cannot. That's different from saying, you know, my invisible sky puts the friend patients is, at risk the same way. Uh, yeah. Okay. My invisible sky friend. Let's saying th- I let's can't not do, it do is that a thing. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that. No. So, kind of insulting to me. Thank you. But um, I'm letting you know as a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, invisible sky friend. Yeah, I really hate that honestly. But. Uh, if you want to have a if you if you want to choose not to take the the vaccine that is fine that is your choice and i don't like it but if that's your religious choice and you think that your eternal soul is going to be sent to hell because you get this shot sure you know that's you know that's that's you but in our society, we need to balance religious and moral uh, uh, ideology with public safety. Yep. And if someone that is a, that doesn't want to take the vaccine or feels like they can't take the vaccine because of their beliefs, if they just don't, then there are going to be jobs that aren't available for them. 
because I mean, there are jobs where you have to take a flu vaccine. Unless you unless unless you have an exemption, which medical or religious medical. Yes, exactly. Those exist. No religious too. Yeah. 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 In in this country, it's in some states. It's true. In some states, it's not. Uh, I believe in Connecticut. They aren't they aren't doing religious. They're just doing. Well, um, the new mandates are actually they're starting to push that. Yeah. That that boundary. What I'm what I'm saying is if if someone wants to work in a restaurant. And the and the restaurant uh, owner says you have to be vaccinated. You say, "Well, I am, uh, I am uh, a religious person Christian and scientist. Or I don't whatever like Jehovah's any, Witness. All the ones. They're doesn't, all it doesn't matter. If I, my 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 belief is I should not have a vaccine, and I do not want to take one. That is my moral imperative. That could come from religion. Homeopath. That could come from yep. that could come from politics. It could come from anything. If you are choosing to do that, then you are choosing not to to remove yourself from certain pools because you get to choose your medical thing. I don't have to bear the responsibility for that. So yes, if someone wanted to work someplace in a hospital or as a cop or fire person or EMT or something. And they're like, my religion says I can't, I can't do this. Then, then I say, well, then your religion says you can't be a police officer. And your religion says you can't work in my restaurant. Yeah. Same way, by the way, we don't allow employees to smoke in the restaurant. You know, I mean, if they want to go home and smoke, that's their business. You know, the concern about that is, you know, breathing poisons into the air for our customers and for the people who don't want to breathe breathe that in. Yeah. If, but when you, you know, smoke, that absolutely happens when you may or may not have COVID. You don't actually, it's a probability. Sure. But it's the bad. same, like you're, like there's no public health argument against you smoking in your own home. There is a public health argument for you smoking in a restaurant. That's why we've had smoking bans in restaurants for 20 or 30 years now. And it's the same idea, you know. Yeah, but you, you know what else is bad for seen you? it before with the critical lawyers, because there wasn't the public sentiment about secondhand smoke, and so it took a long time to change it because yeah. the law actually yeah. permitted people they had a right to smoke for a long time. I right. mean, but that, yeah, but that then was, that changed. That, that was, was then. Dumb. That was dumb and wrong. <laughs> I, it it was scientifically it was yeah. it was wrong. You know, and it, poison it, gas is bad. COVID is bad. It, the thing about the thing about. Uh, the difference between the COVID thing and the smoking thing is that we can't wait for you. We need to have these mandates, like at least mask mandates everywhere. Let me give you a loophole. Well, oh, COVID, God. Well, well, smoking is a Grenade. thing you are choosing to do. Yeah. You get sick with COVID, you know, involuntarily. You wouldn't choose to and do it. Let yeah. me say this. And, like there are people that are very, very religious that don't follow all the tenets of their faith. Just because you're a Christian scientist doesn't mean that you won't take the. I know the shot. Jews that eat bacon. I'm yeah, exactly. I know there are there. They're there called are, reformed, but there are people that are that are Islamic that you know, that, like that that the, that there are like, Catholics who want religious exemptions from getting vaccine vaccinations, even though the Pope has said getting the vaccination is an act of love and your Christian duty. And I mean, yeah, you know, well, that theory, didn't come any, from God. 
Well, in, uh, if he said it, in then theory, yes, it the Catholic Church is all about like the Pope is the ultimate and arbiter of what goes on. Yeah. Pontifex Maximus. The, so, uh, for the Destiny players out there, the Pope is the is the speaker for the traveler. But um, <laughs> if you, well said, uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't know what the hell I said. <laughs> I certainly don't. So the um, but I'm over fifty. So the I mean. If if the Pope says something, that is coming from God. Like that's that's the whole deal. So if they're ignoring that, then they like people yeah. ignore a ton of stuff about their religions. They pick yeah. and choose. That's how religions work. So you are choosing to follow this tenet of your faith. You are choosing to uh try to save your soul and 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 hopefully the souls of others. That is that is the point. And if that's something you genuinely see as important and real, okay. Yeah. And but that's, that's we're not gonna let you yell at a crowded room if you might be spreading COVID. Exactly. and that that's the thing. Like I'm not gonna if, I'm not gonna no. say you are uh you are uh Islamic, so you can't work here. I'm saying if you you aren't vaccinated so you can't work here like that we have other people that are islamic yeah. here that work here like that's that is a choice that you're making so and if you there are certain industries that i think shouldn't require um shouldn't mandate vaccinations go work for them so here's the here's the loophole yeah um, so a lot of healthcare organizations have always allowed people loopholes medical and religious and their thinking is that you guys have heard of herd immunity. Yes, that yeah. if you get about it many times, if you get most of the herd, which with COVID we don't know where that level is because so spreadable. It's like measles, so it may Especially be really the high. Delta variant, yeah, yeah. But that was the theory: was that you could allow the few Christian scientists, Jehovah Witnesses, people that are, um, you know, and I'm just naming them because they're real folks who right. this is important to them, and I'm sort of speaking for them tonight a little bit, um, the herd immunity is such that it's okay, that we don't need 100%. And you never get to 100% anyway. Yeah. So that's been the thinking. And so when you start to say mandates and no exemptions, you're basically saying, no, we need 100%. And that's, that's not quite scientifically based. Uh, well, we're not going to get a hundred. We're saying uh, we're not yeah, going to get a hundred percent, and there are going to be people who uh, again have immunocompromised issues, so they can't get it. What I am saying is, no but they let them in their workforce. So what I am saying is, no freeloaders, because that's what you're talking about. You're talking about like there's a public good. If a lot of people are doing this thing that's good, you can have a few people who don't and who are basically exploiting the good work of others to get their unfair Precisely. advantage. And when and I was in grad school, they showed how that it was in the interest of the individual to not get vaccinated because herd immunity would take care of it and they'd have none of the risk. So, yeah, it's a very interesting argument because it's basically the individual. You really are a Republican. I am actually a Republican. See, and, 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 and <laughs> we are all in this together. We are a nation of people. E pluribus unum. So, so you know... I have I, not, yeah, I have no interest in. in I have not advocated that. for a national mandate for vaccinations. If someone doesn't want to get vaccinated, I am all for them not getting vaccinated. If the, someone doesn't, if someone believes that getting an injection is going to hurt them uh, uh, religiously, like spiritually or something like that, or sure. Stevens Johnson and the family where they have terrible like, reactions to vaccinations. If you, well, that's a medical thing. I'm not talking about medical thing because yeah. that's not something you can change. Well, it's a probability. It's not a certainty. So I'm saying I'm talking yeah. about the religious, ex religious and moral exemptions. That's all I'm talking about. Okay. 
if you have, if you make that choice, that is a choice that you are freely making. Uh, and if you think that that is the way to save your soul, go with God, but go away from me. <laughs> that's, that's all I care about. And we don't, the thing about like the flu shot or religious exemptions from other stuff, this is different because this is a pandemic. People are dying by the thousands. People are getting People hurt. People have died by the millions. By the millions, yeah. And I mean, I'm just thinking about it in our country. Like, people die by the thousands every day. And we don't know where human We're back up at is. a peak. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we are. And we're, was it the fourth? The fourth. We, uh, yeah. we don't know how uh, virulent this is. We don't know how it, the long term effects of it is, really, because it's only been around since 2019. Yeah, I know some people with heart heart conditions. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, from think it. about it's yeah. pretty rough. Think yeah. about people that have recovered from COVID in 10 years. What's that going to look like? Maybe so, like polio. A lot of polio people. I know people that had polio sort of recovered from it, did all the PT. Mm -hmm. And 30, 40 years later, they're back having trouble walking mm -hmm. just because. They had polio when they were seven. Long term damage, and they're yeah. sixty years old now, and they're yeah. they're in trouble. And that's the that's the legacy of polio. So if you if there is a possibility of that, we don't know. So right now, to save as many lives as possible, in certain places, you need to. I say you need to be vaccinated because there is not enough evidence to to say that it's fine not to be, and we should be more careful. We should err on the side of caution. And it make sure as many people in as many public places are vaccinated as possible, especially in hospitals, in uh, in anywhere that that involves healthcare. We need to have those people. So, I know firemen, EMTs, uh, police officers, uh, nurses, first doctors, responders, first, any any first responders, they need to get vaccinated because they will kill people. And that's that's really that's the that's that's. If you want to, if you want to, uh, uh, not get vaccinated, sure. Just go on a commune with the other non-vaccinated people. Go share your spit and everything. Go live and leave me Gulch. alone. <laughs> Just go away. Fine. I love that weird metal. <laughs> <laughs> go away. So. I, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, we actually, I hear the music and we're almost done. So <laughs> I started the music. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so he would get the last word for it. <laughs> uh, uh, 10 seconds. No, no, it's all right. All right. Then thank you very much for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio tonight. Uh, coming up next, we've got Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and then OK Asia. Uh, podcast of this show is going to be uploaded to the streaming services uh, Monday in the wee hours. And we have a rebroadcast Monday afternoon at 4 p.m., so listen to us then. Uh, but that's going to do it for now. Thanks for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.